welcome to Hashtag Millennials. This is Harvey. And this is Christian. Where we discuss generational differences between millennials and boomers in the workplace. The fun way. Welcome back to the show. We're the millennials, the guys who help you get through work with a little more fun. These are the Corona Case Study episodes. Now, one of the biggest developments and one of the most important things being impacted by COVID-19 is something that normally sits in the background and goes unnoticed. And that thing is logistics and supply chain. So today we're going to be talking about logistics and supply chain. We want to answer three questions. One, what's the basic explanation of logistics and supply chain? Two, how have supply chains been impacted? And three, what do people need to know next? Now, I just want to clarify for people that uh, um, Harvey and I are very well qualified to be talking about this. Harvey, you've got 10 years experience in operations management and leading teams in logistics and supply chain. And uh, I've got 10 years experience with information systems and, and, pro- and all the processes that go along with it. So we're not, uh, we're not pulling this one out of the hat this week. We're, um, <laughs> we've got re- we know what we're talking about here. <laughs> or I'm just faking it till this whole time. I mean, you got you. You've got the piece of paper on the wall that uh, proves that even if you were faking it, you must have passively learned something, right? <laughs> so let's talk about the basic premise of what logistics and supply chain is. I'd I'd like to uh, I'd like to take this one. So it will truly is this like a classroom where I can put my hand up and be one of those annoying kids that that has the answers, Harvey? Okay, yeah, sure. Good. Well, I uh, see. I spent I've spent an extensive amount of time. Uh, figuring out how to explain logistics and supply chain to people. Often it fails, especially at parties with girls. It never works. <laughs> Start looking for the closest window as fast as possible. But, uh, but the basic premise of supply chain is that you, you, know, you have a demand for a product. Uh, you need to buy it from somewhere. You have to move it to where you want it to go, store it, and then once it's needed, call upon it before finally depleting said product uh, to its final resting place to wherever that might be all the all the leftover stuff and that's a it's a very abstract basic premise and i thought what i'd do is i'd go back to something i've I've done previously and i'll put this in the supply chain of home harvey what do you think yeah absolutely okay so uh you got to give us an example from the pantry or a product from the cupboard or something i'm going to use toilet paper that seems topical. okay Yep, yep. Toilet paper, okay. <laughs> Everyone seems to be uh, in uh, desperate uh, demand for toilet paper right now, even though in Australia we have plenty of it. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain logistics and supply chain to you uh, as it, it, using toilet paper as the as the product here. Okay, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark you on your presentation and your explanation on uh, on this supply chain. All right, hold on. I'm gonna <clears throat> shore up here because uh, this is the pressure's on here now. I've got <laughs> Professor Harvey and the uh, the graduates uh, applying for his for his for his marks. Uh, hold on, I'll do it as awkwardly as possible, just like you do in a normal uni presentation. <coughs> uh, <laughs> I'm assuming you're the awkward one from the in the group. What? Gives you, <laughs> gives you that impression. <laughs> Get out of town. <laughs> I only say that because it's uh, it's a group presentation, and you're the only one without the group. <laughs> Everyone's gone ahead and done it successfully, and Christian's going, "No, uh, uh, I'm going to do it on my own." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the AT. All right, I'll give it a shot, uh, Professor Professor Harvey. Um, uh, supply chain of home. So, okay, uh, 
Toilet paper, we're going to use toilet paper as the example, and I'm going to make this as interesting as possible for you today, Sir Professor. Um, you need toilet paper, so you discover that demand, which, you know, you happen to discover that whilst you're on the toilet. Uh, but, the, <laughs> but the point is, and you've just run out of a roll, but the point is you've discovered that there is a demand for toilet paper, and toilet paper is the product in this situation. So step one is you have to figure out what the demand actually is. Uh, once you've cleaned yourself up and you get yourself to the local shops, you get yourself, uh, you get your hands on some uh, some bulk triple ply mega pack and like an eighteen pack roll of toilet paper. This is like so you, you've gone. Hold on, I've just you know soiled. <laughs> I've just made a mess. I need toilet <laughs> paper. I've gone to the shops and I need to now. Uh, I need to now. Uh, purchase some toilet paper and i'm going to go for the the good stuff i'm going to go for the triple ply the hardcore stuff that'll treat me well in these troubling times (laughs) (laughs) that's called procurement in supply chain speak that's called procurement and the uh, local shop is your supplier now from there you take this this beast of a of a packet of you know triple ply goodness right you pack it into your car you get it home, and in logistics and supply chain uh, talk, this is called transport or the movement of goods. Once, you, once you've got into your house, you move said very large amount of toilet paper to your storage closet, uh, the one that this time is very close to your actual toilet so that the morning's mess isn't repeated. Uh, this is storage. You know, your closet is the equivalent of a warehouse. And then you take some of those rolls and put them very close to the toilet, you know, like right next to the bowl as normal people do. So that when the time comes, you now have the product you need to fulfill the new demand. You are using the product. This is the equivalent of sending stock to your customer or, or consuming your inventory. You know, this is the, the next step in the, in the process. And the last step is, is to dispose of any waste. So in this case, it would be the little cardboard roll that's left over when you finish, when you finish the, um, you know, the triple ply soft stuff and those are the basic steps to a supply chain transaction you have to understand the demand buy it move you know move it store it somewhere use it in some way or part so whether you know you might be passing it on you might be consuming it yourself you transact use the product in your in your uh, process and then any waste you have to get rid of that as well and those are the basic steps one two three four, five, six steps, the basic six steps to supply chain. And that's um, effectively 10 years of of studying a subject in, what was it, like three minutes, something like wow. that? Wow. That was, uh, you know, I'll give you A for uh, effort. Um, I want to give you uh, a markdown just because of how descriptive you were about uh, the soiling. <laughs> Which gave me visuals, and that was not that was that wasn't necessary. But this happened but this everyone... morning. That's what made it so real. <laughs> That's what made this so so tangible for me to explain. It's like... P.S. Do you have some spare toilet paper, by the way? <laughs> yeah. At the end, yeah. the call to action is like, by the way, if you've got some spare money, I would love to. Do- <laughs> I would love to borrow oh, toilet rolls. I would love to take some. I am located in this situation. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So just one more thing that I want to want to say here, though, Harvey, is that there is a difference between logistics and supply chain, and I think it's important to uh, highlight this difference because what was just described, um, this is the process of how it all comes together. This is the supply chain, right? But it, to understand how big this picture really gets, that's the cha- that's the that's the supply chain for one product in your house, right? That's just toilet paper. So if you multiply that by everything that's in your pantry, 
your, the fridge, the computer you're looking at. Like if you look at every product that's around you, it has its own supply chain to, that you transacted with and all the steps preceding it, which, you know, how it got to the store, how it was moved there, you know, where it was manufactured from, where the ingredients to create those, the components um, which are then assembled into the final product came from. All of that is part of the supply chain. Like all of these uh, steps in the process contribute to what you finally purchase. And then this, you know, in the supply chain of home, you take that product and put it into your house. And what I'm trying to clarify here is, and I've done a pretty poor job of it, I understand, but every product that you have has its own supply chain and it gets very, you know, the scale of this gets very very big if you multiply by all the different products people have in not only their houses but their businesses and the economy Mm. and it's a very 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 large interconnected web of uh transactions and products and people and services but they do you know fundamentally come down to these six steps uh, that you can count out on 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 your hands yeah that's a really good that's a really good note as well because supply chains uh even depending on the the product itself it could be as a as a basic supply chain being uh, manufactured straight to the warehouse, warehouse transported to the retailer, or could have the most intricate and, and difficult supply chains to to get to the end consumer. So yeah, that's a really good note to uh, point out. Yeah, I mean, like there's different um, legs of the supply chain, right? Not, it's very, it's quite rare that one company would take the entire supply chain and go, okay, from pulling the raw ingredient out of the ground or growing it in the lab or whatever, all the way through to not only the purchase of the product in a retail setting to the customer and then processing the disposal of any any waste, you know, you rarely would you find a company that takes care of every single step in that process. It's just it's just too much work and it's also, you know, you have global, you know, differences in, in how you trade in different kind of parts of the world and different even regions within a country. So it it is segmented, you're right. So you have a manufacturer that would take one part of the supply chain, you know, they'll take, let's say, uh, face masks, you'd have a manufacturer create the actual products, they'll take the, you know, the materials, they'll put them in the right setting, they would arrange it all, create the product, and then a transport company would take care of moving that to the next warehouse, to let's say a Coles or, or Woolworths DC, and then Coles or Woolworths then take on that product. So the product does move through different legs of the supply chain and the cha- it changes ownership it changes responsibilities it changes all sorts of things yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point then one of the things i wanted to kind of lead up to is how have supply chains been impacted through this uh, through, through this crisis supply chains are like giant conga lines right if one falls over the whole line suffers with that being said uh, because we're inter interconnected and interlinked with many organizations governments and countries in supply chain how has this overall affected the the Australian consumer? Uh, I mean, we we need to now manufacture different products. You know, this and this is the whole premise around the government saying, okay, do we need to activate um, organisations to actually manufacture face masks and hand sanitizer? Like, do we have to order them to do it? I think they've gone down the uh, request routes where they've asked companies, okay you have a production line, you're capable of making face masks and hand sanitizer, can you go ahead and do it? And, uh, and from what I've heard, Australian companies are being very receptive to this. But in terms of supply chains being impacted um, due to due to everything shutting down, absolutely, you know, exactly what you said. It's a, it's a giant conga line. So 
it functions when everyone's moving, when everyone's moving around and, and, you know, going in circles, everyone's holding each other by the hips. If we're shutting down all the borders, so you can't get from China to Australia, you can't get from America to Australia. Like you literally can't even leave the state right now because, you know, we're recording this on the 27th. Um, you're not allowed to go into Queensland or South Australia or uh, Western Australia without a valid reason. You know, when you put up walls to moving around, when you put up trade barriers, you can't, you can't capitalize on that trade. So it really does dampen your ability to take your good that you manufactured in Melbourne, not that we manufacture pretty much anything here, and then send it to um, Sydney, let alone to Singapore. Mm. Or you lose all of that ability because you can't leave the state, for example. So it, it yeah, borders closing up really big impact on uh, on supply chains. And yeah, localized manufacturing is going to have to gonna have to pick up yeah or, or re-pivot themselves to to start manufacturing things that's in high demand yeah i mean at the I, moment. And, and i've heard of um like uh, alcohol producers so like gin distilleries and whiskey distilleries i think it was gin more than whiskey uh they're repurposing their lines and they use because they have you know the like access to alcohol which you can also use in hand sanitizer yeah yeah i heard that and they're, and they're repurposing to create hand sanitizer because that's what's in demand right now uh, and people need it so that they'll you know it's likely they'll make money but you know it's what's needed and they can repurpose their line so yeah and it's a local solution to the answer yeah to yeah so it, it's it's actually yeah so one of the things that i remember um uh, about the impact of supply chain was going back to um, a case study I was learning about back in university was, um, do you remember the the tragic um, Japan tsunamis back in 2011? Yeah. Yep. So um, the auto, um, the auto industry in Japan was really, really suffered because um, all the assembly plants and factories and, and their supplies got destroyed. So putting a standstill on, on global production. So, because they didn't have other hubs and other factories um, uh, ac- across the globe, they, they, they couldn't go back to uh, normal production. They couldn't restore quick enough. So they were, they, they really kind of felt that effects through that. So it just shows you um, that if you don't have um, other partners um, within your supply chain and, and you focus on p- uh, a particular factory or particular transport company or a particular product, then, then that would really um, hinder your operations. Yeah, I mean that's uh, supply chain resilience, right? So it's it's diversifying your your supplier base. And the simple example of that is if you're getting toilet paper from supplier A and only supplier A, if supplier A seems it happens to be in South Australia today and the border closes up, granted it should be said none of this is actually happening because it's an essential service and freight is still moving. But hypothetically, if the border between Victoria and South Australia shut down and you only had one supplier for toilet paper, well, then you've just lost your supply for toilet paper. And however much stock you have in your inventory, that's all you've got left. So, you know, there's, there's procurement departments. This is a large proportion of their job is going, okay, we have products that we need to, to create our product where we add value in the supply chain. And we have multiple suppliers that we have agreements with, which will provide us component A, Y, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. And mm-hmm. in this example, it would be having multiple uh, suppliers of toilet paper just in case one, you know, loses the ability to manufacture or they're locked out or, or for whatever, whichever reason. And I think the other thing to clarify here is that 
where the issues are happening now or why, uh, one of the large reasons why we're having supply chain issues now is because of holding stock. Now, it, supply chain is very expensive. You know, it's seen as a cost in most businesses where you want to, you know, you want to get toilet paper to your customer. Cool. Making toilet paper costs money, but then, you, you know, you have to store it, you have to move it, you have to, it costs a lot of money to process one pallet or one, one grouping of toilet paper. So, mm. if you, you know, and that cost increases the more that you have, you know, this is inventory holding costs. It's a, it's the more you have, the more you have to pay to hold it. Right. And yeah, that's right. Uh, the big trend in supply chain for years has been to go, okay, we'll hold much smaller quantities, but because we have such a free flowing and interconnected uh, ability to, uh, supply stock from different suppliers and to quickly move around we can do just-in-time inventory or we can do uh, much smaller inventory holdings to reduce our cost base and and free up cash flow for other other um, parts of the business and just to clarify just in time is if I have a giant warehouse full of toilet paper ready to go to Coles instead I'll profile how much Coles uh, how much I expect Coles to need and I'll hold less in that warehouse because it'll cost me less to hold and I'll still supply Coles what they want is is the super basic simplistic explanation of just in time and right yeah. when I need more to get to Coles you know I will bring in more into my warehouse and it's sort of, it's yeah. a very very uh, into the you know it's very linked to what Coles is demanding what you're able to hold and what you're able to get supply of, it's a very fluid mm. um, model to use with your inventory. That's the, the art of uh, product allocation, having the right stock at the right place with the right amount at the right time, right? Absolutely, the, um, the R's, yeah. So one of the things I wanted to go back to was just that supply chain resilience because that, that was a, a interesting uh, interesting topic to talk about because uh, what, we're, what we're starting to we see is um, a lot of organize, uh, organizations um, and, and countries are kind of withholding their own supplies to service their, their own populace. So we kind of uh, answered those those three questions, which is what's the basic explanation of logistics supply chain, which uh, Christian gave uh, a, a very memorable uh, presentation. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> <laughs> How have supply chains been impacted um, and what do people need to know next? So then, so what do people need to know next? Uh, what's actionables and, and understanding uh, supply chain? Uh, that is a fantastic question. I, uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant and happy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what we need to do is that that means that we need to bring in some experts to come onto the show and add more info to this topic. So we so, basically, we don't have an answer between the two of us for what uh, needs to be known next or we don't want the responsibility of trying to put something out there and uh, and getting it wrong <laughs> like any <Correct>. millennial <laughs> yeah well that's like that, I'm, I'm taking the millennial route and I'm, I'm saying yes I don't want the responsibility <laughs> <laughs> so I am uh, I am uh, going to the experts and and then thought thought leaders on, on this so um, I mean we're, we're lucky in that sense we've got access to a lot to a lot of them so yeah, absolutely, and I think our listenerships would appreciate that as well. You know, they uh, they don't want to listen to, listen to us. They would like to listen to some, um, you know, some fresh fresh uh, 
fresh people's uh, opinions and voices. Yeah, some some people that actually know what they're talking about. Because I think I, <laughs> yeah, actually credible people. Yeah, exactly. Because you know all, all the stuff that they would have heard so far. Um, yeah, who knows what impression we're giving? Oh, actually, we do know because we talk to our to our to our six listeners. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the six listeners, uh, two of them are here right now, <laughs> speaking. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got lots to talk about. If we, you know, we we should we will definitely do more episodes about supply chain. I mean, we had John Hopkins on last week, and he's he created the Masters of Supply Chain at Swinburne, and we know plenty of other people, even especially in the industry. So we'll get them on because there's there is a lot of areas to talk about. You know, we can talk about. How home deliveries are working now—that's an entire—that's a logistical um, proposition or an issue that needs to be solved. You know how technology is disrupting. Uh, yeah, the future and the solutions of, of all those uh, disruptors. Absolutely, you know, there's a huge amount of stuff that's going on in uh, in supply chain. You know, automation. You know, the, if people are being forced to work from home, they can't necessarily mm-hmm. operate machinery. You know, a company is being forced into using automation in their supply chains now. That's a that's a pretty in depth, like hardcore. Um, uh, that'd be a pretty deep dive episode. So we'd have to yeah. warn, warn people beforehand. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly right. Just to go back onto all those kind of disruptors, like you know, if if you were to write a list, the list will be endless. Like I'm just thinking at the top of my head, you got 3D printing, you know, blockchain that you mentioned, automation, drones. Uh, VR, AI, AR, machine learning, like it, 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 go, it goes on. Yeah, on. And, and there are some brilliant um, engineering, well-engineered solutions that, uh, that really shine in, in times like these. I remember going back to Japan for a second when they did have that tsunami, there's something I remember hearing about uh, and I would love to have someone that could actually verify this, but I'll, I'll remember off the top of my head and see how we go. But when they had the tsunamis and they lost their power plants, I saw a story that, you know how you have the hybrid like Prius and Honda and no, Prius isn't, no, Prius is Japan. Yeah, Fiat. Prius is Japan. Yeah. They, they took their, and they've got like different models of hybrids there, but basically it's a, you know, it's a car with a petrol engine and a, and a generator because it's, it's electric and petrol. Um, they would send these little cars out into regional areas and they would power homes using these cars as little mobile temporary generators generators yeah yeah yeah. which is a fan like you you know you wouldn't expect it but it's a it's a brilliant use of of technology isn't it Mm. so uh, i think this comes back to our kind of um the end to the show just to uh i think we've reached the natural conclusion yeah just to wrap it up so uh again Thank you for listening. Share the uh, share the show. Tell your friends. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah, and um, we you know questions to the audience. We'd love to hear from you. How has your supply chain been impacted? What um, what questions do you want us to answer around your logistics and supply chain? We we can do some on air problem solving. That might be fun. With that, we end the show. I reckon. Yeah, cool. Definitely need to organize a a, a an expert in this matter in the next episode. So. Yeah, we'll get. Uh, I know who we'll get. We'll get. We'll get her. We'll get her on. Okay. Cool. All right. See ya. All right. Catch you later. Bye. That's our show. We hope you enjoyed it. This episode was brought to you by Storytime Studios. Don't forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening on, and get the latest straight to your phone. 
You can also follow us at LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want to get in touch with us, send us an email at millennialinquiry at gmail.com. This has been hashtag millennials. Don't forget to tag us. Bye.